0: Welcome to Let's Chew the Gum. I'm your host, Dr. K. Each time you tune in to Let's Chew the Gum, you can be sure of one thing: we always have something for your mind, 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 mind. mind.
1: something for your mind. mind, 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 something for your mind.
0: Welcome to this edition of Let's Chew the Gum, the podcast where we talk about everything from A to Z, while we chew the gum. I want to welcome you all back. I'm so glad to be back with you. We have a special Memorial Day, Memorial Day weekend, Memorial Day week, a Memorial Day uh, show for you. I have a very special guest and, and I'm so honored to have him here with me to, uh, to discuss some of his latest projects with you to discuss some aspects of mental health and just to really shed some light upon uh, various topics and and engage our audience. My guest today is none other than the man. How can I describe it? I'm just going to tell you about my guy, Foster Quarter. Man, uh, Foster has three decades of experience in the entertainment industry, from being a production executive to producer, director, cinematographer, a writer, He has uh, done work for many top-notch clients, including McDonald's, the California Lotto, uh, CalCan for the pet food, uh, Carnation's pet food line, and quite a few other firsts. One of the the first African-American as a film executive in the record industry. Um, I could go on and on. His list of accomplishments and involvement with uh, various uh, projects in Hollywood is extensive, and um, I hope that you get to... uh, Witness and see some of the phenomenal work that he's done. So let me just go ahead and, and and bring you on, Foster. How are you
1: today? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Thank you so much for having me, sir.
0: No, man, I, I had to. After after we had some conversations and sat down, and, and I had the pleasure of of working with you. Um, and the more I've gotten to know your story, the more intrigued I've got. And I knew that I, I had to have you on the show, not only to talk about, you know, some of the fabulous things you have coming up, because we're going to talk about your upcoming movie, uh, The Daughters of Dolomite. Um, everybody knows about the Dolomite movie that was done on Netflix uh, with Eddie Murphy. And uh, a lot of us know about Rudy Moore, who is the uh, uh, the man behind the Dolomite character. Um, But you have some unique insights that we're going to get to uh, during the show because you were his business partner and manager for over 20 years. So you have some insights that we definitely want to bring out. Um, But you've also been connected to other amazing people such as Wilt Chamberlain, amazing events, overcoming gang violence in Chicago. You're a Vietnam veteran. Thank you for your service. And so we, we hope to get to all of that during during this show. And if we have to have a part two, we'll bring you back for a part two, hopefully.
1: Okay, thank you. Yeah,
0: so I, I wanted to to start out um with just uh, you know, coming up, man, to to see where you are now and to, to understand that you know a lot of these events in your life may not have happened if it wasn't for you um initially escaping violence from gangs in chicago growing up right you you had a an interesting way that you escaped that can you you know shed some light upon that
1: sure um yes uh it, it is funny i mean um just listening to you uh, ex- explain and just um talk about some of the stuff that I've done <laughs> it's just I was like wow <laughs> that's a really interesting guy It yeah. is, <laughs> <laughs> you know because um, I've just kept going forward uh, in my life I've tried to just keep walking forward and and remember something that I heard when I was very young and that was it's not where you start And not where you come from, it's where you're going and it's where you end up. So I just kept going. You know, I uh, started on the south side of Chicago, uh, hog tied with my hands behind my back to my feet uh, with 21 guys. I was basically 14 years old and I looked around and my brother was tied up next to me and four of my friends and there was 21 guys um adult grown men 24 25 35 like that um in this room and, uh, and and they were beating us and and these were supposed to be our friends too these are this is the gang that we were part of you know so wow. um i said to myself if i get up off this floor um I'm getting out of here. I'm going to do something with my life. And uh, I've been trying to, you know, fulfill that promise to myself ever since.
0: You've definitely done that, man. Uh, That's a a heck of a situation. And so, you know, the fact that you made a promise to yourself, you know, it it all makes sense looking at your body of work and the way you said that you you would keep going. uh, it, It makes sense. But you, you didn't just get in you were you were too young to get into the to the military, so you used the military to escape. So how does you you're fifteen years old, how does a fifteen year old get into the
1: military? <laughs> That's a, another good question. Well what happened what happened was okay. uh, um I my mom, she was a hustler. That's where I got my my keep going attitude from and she had three jobs and my mom was the secretary to Catholic school or more with four jobs. she was the secretary of the Catholic school we went to during the daytime to keep us in school um, in the Catholic school, St Cyril's on the south side of Chicago and she would bring us home in the evening and start us on our homework, you know give us dinner and go back to the school and she would be the custodian in nighttime. And she ran the apartment building that we lived in for the uh, German guy that owned it, named Otto. Uh, my mom was the apartment manager, and you know, we would put coal in the in the uh, furnace, and she would you know, clean the the lobby of the building and the stairways and stuff. And she ran a newspaper branch for the Chicago Sun Times out of the basement of our apartment building and had us get like four or five of our friends together. So we used to deliver 300 newspapers in the morning time uh, before school. And she drove taxi cab on the weekend. Right. Mm-hmm. So my mom was a single parent mom that was straight out hustling. Man. And so um, she knew somebody it's from the school association that they- allowed me to get a job in the mail room at, uh, I think it was Walter Heller company. I think they were a PR firm and uh, something to that extent when I was, you know, like 13, 14 years old. So I was working in the mail room and I learned about all these different type of papers. Um, they stock basically, they call them stock paper stocks. Mm-hmm. And I had, uh, seeing my birth certificate in my mom's drawer at home and I felt the paper that it was on and I took it to work and, and I ordered some of that paper and then Color Xerox machines came out because I was um, I was born in uh, Jefferson City Missouri um, well actually St. Louis but the birth certificates come from Jefferson City or something like that mm-hmm. and I'm I, so I I ordered the paper and used the color Xerox machines to make a birth certificate with the date changed. And that's what I used to go to the Navy recruiter to um, sign up for the Navy. And then I had taken the GED uh, early. Uh, I was just a freshman in high school. and uh, But I put it all together and they accepted it. I scored high on the test, and uh, that's how I escaped the South Side of Chicago. After they uh, beat me up uh, that day when we were hogtied, when they let me go, because the guy, Jeff Ford, he had said he was going to kill me, and it was just too many witnesses. Yeah. And so they let me go, and I passed out on the way home uh, from, lack of, from loss of blood. And when I woke up, I was in the hospital, and... So when I got out of the hospital, I went straight to the Greyhound bus station, got on a bus to St. Louis. And when I came back, I immediately, because I had already, you know, signed up for the Navy and different stuff. And the time was just ticking. It was just ironic how things worked. But I came back from St. Louis. I got off one bus at 6 o'clock in the morning. And I stayed at the bus station. And I got on another bus at like 10 o'clock. And that bus took me, was taking us to uh, the airport to fly um, to San Diego, where I went to boot camp. And from San Diego, I went to the Naval War College in Newport, Rhode Island, studying navigation and weather. And that's where I learned to be a navigator. And, uh, from there, uh, to Vietnam and it all began.
0: How about that, man? Well, you know, you, you did what you had to do, man. You know, uh, the, you know, the saying, uh, I don't, I can't think of how it goes, but the idea of, you know, crazy situations cause for crazy means, you know, you get what I'm saying? You had to, you had to get out of there. That's, that's, you know, I, I couldn't blame you. I don't, I don't know who would, could blame you. You know, you hear someone making a counterfeit document for dubious reasons, but you know, that was to, to save life and, and thankfully you did, man. So, yeah. you know, right.
1: And, yeah. 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 <laughs> right. Definitely. Everybody that I grew up with, in that neighborhood, um, is at that time, they're either dead, incarcerated, or worse, you know, pretty much just like Looney Tunes and um, just out of of their minds, you know, alcoholics and drug addicts and things like that, you know, homeless. But yeah, that was, that was a horrible, horrible situation.
0: Yeah, man, it's it's, it's rough in, in in those areas. We we have some some similar stories and and backgrounds in that regard, man. So, you know, you you go to Vietnam and and you know there are so many stories and and chronicles about uh, life in Vietnam and and what it was about and and you know being that this is, you know, Memorial Day, I I definitely want to. Um, to get to 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 talk about that and and how folks you know come back from that and how they cope in society, and and I'm I'm itching to get to your movie you know the daughters of Dolomite, but I'm gonna save that to the end. I want my audience to, sure. to to be able to get that because you know that. But um the ills of of warfare, man, not not and and I'm just talking about in Chicago, you know, inner cities, and to go from mm-hmm. that to. A, to a hellacious environment like Vietnam and the things we've seen on TV and movies like, you know, Apocalypse Now and others and mm-hmm. the stories we've seen about, you know, veterans uh, coming back from Vietnam or, or just, you know, war period. Um, the effects that that has on someone's mental capacities, you know, their ability to reintegrate into society and to be functioning, you know, that that's, that's something that, I don't think can ever be talked about enough. And I know that that's something, you know, the mental health aspect is something that's near and dear to your heart. And so I wanted to touch more than touch upon that. I want to talk about that to, you know, get your insights on, you know, what might uh, we be able to do better? Um, what are some things that we've done? What may have helped you and others that, you know,
1: um, well, the me- mental health is is something that's important to me, but mainly because, yeah, I suffered from PTSD for probably forty years, um, and and the difference I think with me and and what I've seen with a lot of other people, I used it as food, um, I used it as as fuel, I used it as something to burn, something to to fight against and for me um, instead of focusing on the negative aspects, I I just said, okay, this is the situation this is what I can stand and this is what I can't stand. So, um, I'll just do it. It's like, I wasn't, after coming back from Vietnam, I wasn't cut out for an office job. You know, there was no way I could sit in a cubicle. And uh, at that moment, at that in time, and there was no way <clears throat> I could have some foreman screaming at me, you know, um, uh, telling me, you know, I, I just couldn't deal with that. I can imagine. So, I I um I created my own job. I created my own life and my own occupation. Uh I knew I loved camera and so I wanted to have a a job working in and around camera. And that's what I set up in um in Chicago. I used my GI Bill to start going to the Chicago Academy of Fine Arts. Uh, which was a very expensive school, but I used the GI Bill and I was hustling on the side doing whatever uh, I could. But as soon as I learned how to use a camera, what f-stops and shutter speeds were, I opened my own business, uh, a photography studio on the south side of Chicago, which were very, 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 very few um African-American photography studios uh, in 1970. Uh, So (laughs) I went beyond (laughs) that, even making it more uh, of a challenge. I started an animal photography studio. I started Fosters Pet and Animal Photography on the Mm -hmm. south side of Chicago. And I started shooting people's dogs and that led to Portraits, and that led to uh working with carnation shoot i shot the calcan dog food and cat food bags later on and um I started touring with horse shows where rich people who had horses I would shoot portraits of their horses and um make good money you know back in nineteen seventy i mean fifteen hundred dollars fifteen hundred dollars is a good check today. But 1970, that was like five grand. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty good. And so I was doing that and um, moved eventually um, to um, Los Angeles after um, a semi-filled marriage and uh, different things. Um, I got out of Chicago because it was way too cold but I had a successful photography studio in Chicago and that's where I went to uh, film school. So I just kept parlaying and parlaying. I came to um, Hollywood. But just to, to digress for a second, since, um, on the Memorial Day and the mental health aspect, uh, what I want to do is to use my story and my walk to give hope um, to not just the veterans, um, who are, it's not a lot of us from, from Vietnam, but the different wars since then. Yeah. And mainly the young people, it's so many young people today committing suicide and, uh, giving up on themselves, which is more important than, uh, giving up on other people, you know, not putting your faith in other people. And just if I could just get one person to step back off that edge and put that knife down, unload that gun and do not take those pills and just understand, do not hurt yourself. That's the bottom line, because tomorrow and pardon my friendship is kids, but shit will change. You know, things will change. I know it doesn't seem like it all the time, you know, but Annie, that little, statement from the play Annie, the musical, the sun will come up tomorrow. You know, tomorrow will be another day. Bet your bottom dollar, yeah. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, you know, I would be lying if I, I didn't say that suicide had crossed my mind once or twice over the course of um, 50 years of uh, fighting against um, all the the negative forces out here you know um, what the kids have to understand is don't expect any help don't see a lot of people I've had I've had four or five friends in the last five years take their lives yeah. um, wow. for different I, and it bothered me, it made me mad, it made me upset, I'm it sure. made me cry, because I I felt guilt for them harming themselves. I felt like what kind of friend was I for not seeing this coming, for not you know, what did I not do to keep them from from leaving here right. and and it took a whole lot of um, looking into it to, and soul searching to understand it wasn't me, and and that's what a lot of people don't understand about the suicide that before they do it, you know, you're not just you you're not getting off the grid and just escaping yourself, but you're putting other people into a whole long uh reevaluation of why and what happened. You took so a lot of people to, with you, yeah. Yeah, you know, and so um I I just said I've been fortunate. Uh, God, Allah, Jehovah, Buddha, whatever, alien life form, whatever she may look like, or he may look like, I don't know. I'm not I'm not a religious scholar. I know that there's a higher power than me. Mm-hmm. Uh, beyond that, um, I, don't, I don't put anybody's religion up or down. But I do know that um, I've been blessed in my life. And if I can share my walk with anybody to let them understand, yeah, it's bad. But it can, you can make it better. And you can only make it better if you stick around. And make it better. Absolutely, you know, re- revenge is the best. Uh, I mean, what is it? Success is the best revenge, as yeah. they say. Yeah, know? yeah. So um, don't put your faith, don't put your future, don't put your love in anybody outside of yourself first. Absolutely. Put, look, look inside. Uh, love you uh, before you try loving anybody else. Put your faith in you before you put faith in anybody else. Depend on you before you depend on anybody else. And then it will all be okay. It will all work. We all get caught up in in putting faith on other people, outside people. We all depend on other people, but we have to depend on ourselves. So that starts with not hurting yourself
0: got to stay in the game and now that that's that's amazing you know every every time we talk I hear the parallels you know in in my my own life personally and and mm-hmm. the, the parallels that I try to use my life story to share with other people to to let them know that right. you know what it, it, just like you said man it, it'll be all right and and you know you've heard me say and and I always say to others it can always be better you know in situations because mm-hmm. you know life can be hard it could always be better right and we all want that But it could always be it could always be worse. So, you know, I I take it that keeps me balanced. And and that's that's sort of my approach to mental health to understand that. And then, you know, as I always say, use the evidence when you have struggled, the evidence that you overcame something, use that the next time there's a struggle to know that you you can do it because it is so worth it. And uh, I remember saying uh, I think we were talking uh, the other day and I was saying, you know, a lot of folks will give up You know, it's been hard. It's hard. And they give up, whether it's, you know, they're about to, you know, they've been through school or going to graduate or whatever it may be. But right when it's about to happen for them, they don't see that and they give up. And if they had taken that one more step, they would have seen that brighter day. They would have seen that that sun come out. So, you know, I I definitely appreciate that, man. And you sharing that. So I want to I want to add this bit of a caveat to it. You were you're talking about mental health and how you used it for fuel to move on. Um, and we're able to use that and to find yourself occupied and, and to create, you know, a new career, create your world. And, and, and that's a beautiful thing to be able to do that through the lens of a camera, to be able to tell stories or to envision something and transfer that vision to where others can see. And, and it's similar. It reminds me of um, my own self, my own struggles of coming up through, you know Detroit and South Central and and, and and the threat of gangs and all this type of stuff and when I became a teacher, I would be uh, I wasn't hard I, I thought I was showing love and support, but I would tell you know students I, I really didn't take excuses for whatever because I knew I had it really rough poverty, homelessness, etc and so I would just I had the attitude that you know I did it. And if I can do it, you can do it. no excuses, you know, buck up, stand up, and get it going. you know mm-hmm. and then it was it was told to me, my wife actually told me years ago she says um I know you had it rough, and you've you've made it through, you've experienced success, you've overcome a lot, but what if the people you're talking to, what if they can't right What if they aren't as resilient as you are? you know just because you did it doesn't mean everybody has that resiliency and I began to think i said." Wow. I said, maybe you're you're right. Maybe everybody is not resilient because I've been like you knocked down lots of times, lots of times. And and where does the resolve come from to continue to get back up, get back up again and get and keep believing and keep believing? And I think that's where some people give up. They've been knocked down so many times they may not have that resilience. Um, And so I I changed my approach to, to still have that idea that it can be done, but then began to attend to individuals on an individual basis to to help them to be able to develop that resolve it wasn't enough for me just to, ha- to have the story to tell them that you can because i did it. look at this example that was great and, and a lot of people related to that and um and so with your your issue of mental health you know overcoming and finding fuel i'm glad you 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 said it that way because folks that are listening you know it's, it's about changing the perspective as you said, loving yourself. That's what that's where those things start. That's where that resolve starts. You know, you as you said, you love yourself. You you have that, that faith in yourself, depend on yourself. You know, you you don't have to let yourself down. Um, that, that, that That's something that I hope, you know, as we're talking about Memorial Day, that not just our, our veterans who we um, are talking about who come back and, and suffer PTSD or hell, we, you know, a lot of us suffer PTSD from just life. You know, living in 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 certain areas different traumas. Um, But just as a a general rule to all of our audience, you know, we we really do want to support that. You know, mental health is is, is so important. You know, another thing foster always tell people is, you know, you got to know when you need help and be able to ask for help because sometimes, you know, people suffer. And they need right. help, but they don't. They don't have the words to to say it. They don't, let, you know, let it right. be known that they need help. So, you know, people need to be able to speak out. And I think, right. yeah, and I, yeah, go ahead.
1: It, well, i was gonna say that, yeah. And a lot of that, um, too, is associated with this uh, this macho, be tough, uh, society. You know, this myth. Um, especially with young men, um, it is, is, it's been taught to us. And then the thing with young women and young men, it's just, well, the youth, our youth period is that unfortunately the kids need to understand that they are growing up in a time that they've been taught unfortunately about instant gratification you know um, and that's what they all expect it, it started uh, during our time you know with instant it instant coffee and to say it water instant oatmeal instant grits it got to instant and now if uh, the kids have the Instagram yeah. <laughs> yeah, about that. everybody wants something instantly they want it right now and life isn't about right now a lot of times life is about hard work life is about rough times and getting through rough times life isn't about i want to be instantly happy you know <laughs> i just want to add water in my life <laughs> you know you right. we you have to be able to uh, hang in there. You know, like the little poster used to say, remember that poster with the kitten hanging off? Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Hang in there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like hang in there, baby. You know, it's like shit is, it's not instantly going to change. It will take time. It will take work. It will take some sacrifice, but you will Get over the hump. You will cross the bridge. You will get over the hill. You will save the day. You will hold your breath and and make it to the top. You know. I mean, I and I, I use that hold your breath because I almost drowned. You know, years ago too. Um, and I had uh, taken you know scuba lessons and I was scuba diving and I went scuba diving uh, off of Catalina and it was stupid. Uh, I went scuba diving in the rain and right before we were going to try to make one more dive before the rain storm came in, you know, but it came in faster than we anticipated. Mm -hmm. So while we were 100 feet down, the storm came in and, and this is in the ocean and Make a long story short, I was drowning and I had swam my my limbs, my arms, and legs. They felt like they were burning. I wanted somebody to cut them off. I had nothing left. Mm. For the first time in my life, I understood how people drown, you know, and what it felt like to drown. And even more, how do people drown when they got air on their back? You know, well, I understand all of that now, right? But It was a moment of faith, man, and just hanging in, hanging in, hanging in, because I felt like just saying, fuck it, okay, I'm ready to go, because my body was on fire, and I said, I wanted to stop, but I just said, I'm going to just keep going. And lo and behold, that extra minute, minute and a half that I fought off um, just swallowing the ocean up, that minute a friend of mine that was part of the little small group of five guys, he ended up grabbing me by the back of the, uh, my BC, uh, which is the vest you wear and all that, and pulling me up and uh, drugged me, swam to the shore with me. But if I had just given up and accepted that I'm going to die, I'm going to drown here, that one minute that I didn't, Made all the difference in the world, and that's the same message in these uh, moments of suicidal thoughts. Um, just hold off man. just don't don't give up because shit will change any minute. it will yes. it might not be you know in thirty seconds or one minute, but you give it a day. you give it some time as long as you're here. You know, you can't take those pills, you can't pull that trigger, you know, you can't I mean, and when we look at the school shooting that just happened, man, this whole gun shit is just so beyond you know, beyond control. You know, yeah, most yeah. you know um we can do a whole I show on, on that. Like, That's
0: ridiculous.
1: Yeah, seventy percent of suicides are, are 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 of teen suicides um is by guns. You know, so it's way too many guns out here, first of all. But I'm going to tell anybody, if you are going to try to kill yourself, don't use a gun. Don't use a gun, first of all, because um, you can come back from a lot of other uh, things. But when you pull that trigger, man, it's over. There There is no tomorrow. There is no change in your mind. There is nobody that can save you. You know, it's like so if there's a gun in your uh, life, um, separate that from you. If you're feeling depressed, if you're feeling and, you know, that's the other thing, too, is we can't lie to ourselves. We all know (laughs) we all know the truth and we can we can bullshit ourselves to get to a situation. But we can't bullshit ourselves when we're in a situation, you know. So uh, you know what's happening in your life. And right now, this moment, as you're listening to us, if you're not actually physically uh, thinking about hurting yourself, but you have had thoughts, separate yourself from a God. That's the number one separate because then you got a chance to think about what you're doing and what you what you possibly want to do. But if there's a gun in your life, then you don't stand a chance mm-hmm. because that is a crime of opportunity. You know, you can get depressed. And, then, and the last thing I would guess I would say is if you got alcohol in your life, you have to separate yourself from your drinking and any thoughts of your depression because alcohol is Satan. And alcohol, if you've got an alcohol problem, you're probably 50% uh, more likely to be depressed and hurt yourself than you are um, in your normal mind. So once again, you, when you're thinking clearly, that's the time that you have to... Um, Try to try to look out for yourself uh, with guns in your house and alcohol. That combination is is deadly. Uh, and I can't tell you again, my friends, people close to me, um, alcohol and guns uh, is the worst combination deadly combination. Yeah,
0: yeah. Separate yeah. yourself. Separate yourself and and reevaluate. And, yeah. and, and talk with someone, get some help. I'm going to put some some numbers out, uh, some phone numbers for folks, uh, cr- hotlines, crisis hotlines um, uh, on the on the page, uh, so folks yeah. who who need help can uh, call. We're going to we're going to take a quick break and come back. Um, um, I'm also, you know, folks, you all always know. Um, that you can call in or or email, let's chew the gum at gmail.com at any time for questions or comments about not only this topic, but any other topics that we've had on the show. Um, We definitely are are here for that. But we're going to take a break. And when we come back, um, I want to talk about some of the projects you have upcoming, including uh, your movie that you just finished shooting, "The Daughters of Dolomite," and, and some of the other exciting things in your life that has helped you to uh, remain purposeful and to 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 uh, have a purpose. You are listening to "Let's Chew the Gum" the podcast where we talk about everything from A to Z while we chew the gum. We'll be right back after this sponsor break. Where do you watch TV? On watch TV. Nowhere. On watch TV. What's On Watch TV? On Watch TV is one of the most exciting channels on Roku and Amazon Fire TV with lots of categories to choose from, from movies to music, documentaries, and more. There's something for everyone. What if people want to place their content on Watch TV? You can visit the website onwatchtv.net to find out more or email onwatchtv at gmail.com. Don't forget, check out On Watch TV. See you on Watch TV. See you on Watch TV. All right. Thank you for listening to our sponsor. We hope that you take advantage of the opportunity that um, our sponsor has provided for you. Um, Again, we're here with special guest Foster Quarter, uh, renowned um, producer, filmmaker, director, cinematographer, writer. Um, It's it's been a a great conversation so far with you, Foster. We've talked about the importance of mental health. Um, And I'm excited to get to to our next topic as well, Um, because you were, um, among other things, you know, you had extensive relationships with with Wilt Chamberlain and you were the manager and business partner for with Rudy Ray Moore. And so I I know there are stories for days we could talk about with that. You know, it it just so happens that the Dolomite uh, movies were some of my favorite. Um, And I did see the, the movie that Eddie Murphy did. Um, And it was pretty good. But there are some other things behind that that um, you have some insights on. And you've done some some documentaries on Dolomite. And so for someone as uh, close as you uh, are and uh, were with uh, Rudy Ray Moore, who plays Dolomite, what inspired you to Go forward with the documentary you had done. You know, you had the sons of Dolomite and now you have the movie The Daughters of Dolomite. What was what was the inspiration behind that?
1: Okay, well the um the documentary that's on uh Tubi is called The Legend of Dolomite. And the so that is the inside story or or my tales of my 20 years of uh, making films with Rudy and traveling the country, distributing his movies and um, going to comedy clubs with him and stuff. That's going to be told in the new film that I'm doing now. It's called Dolomite Ain't Dead. Um, And the motion picture that we just finished and is in post-production now, is The Daughters of Dolomite. and The reason it is somewhat confusing, I guess, like you said, The Sons of Dolomite. That's kind of where it started, because back in 1990, when Rudy and I were working together, um, in the late 80s, I had this project, The Sons of Dolomite. I was trying to get going, but... Oh, pardon me, I'm sorry. It's early in the morning. You guys don't know, but <laughs> right. The doctor called me early, early, <laughs> early in the morning. And so uh this is <laughs> so part of my yardage. So here we go. And um I I despite what the movie that Eddie uh started says, people weren't uh, loving or feeling or excited about Rudy Ray more when he was alive and his career. And he was a hard sell. Uh, a lot of people put him down for what he was doing. And I know a lot of the comedians today. Um, well, actually every other comedian, probably <laughs> that you can name, they're all using, um, uh, you know, explicit language, you know, you um, And, and different things with all of the F words and the C words and the S words and, you know, you name it. That's, that's every other word in these comedians mouths today. But when Rudy was doing it, um, that was, that was really way over the top. And so he wasn't looked upon highly, um, And the industry turned its back on Rudy. So, but that's a whole other story. Uh, Anyway, I was trying to sell him back then. We were trying to, I was trying to get new Dolomite movies made and I couldn't. So now today, um, (laughs) Rudy left me the rights to the Dolomite character from 1990. To be honest with you, I totally forgot about it because I worked so many years trying to make things happen in the Dolomite genre uh, and and couldn't. So I had just over the years been you know, after probably 1997 uh, after probably 10 years from 1987 to 97 to trying to get interest in the motion picture industry in Dolomite product and just having no success, I, just, I pretty much put it up, put it on the shelves in my stores and everything and Uh, Now, when Eddie uh, and Netflix made that movie, um, it turned the light on and everything came back. So the rights are mine. We're uh, talking with Netflix now. We're working out some sort of an agreement. But my movie is done and it is The Daughters of Dolomite. And it's about. The three daughters, the basic storyline is years ago, Dolomite was one of the judges of the Miss Los Angeles beauty pageant. And he promised Miss East L.A., Miss L.A. and Miss Beverly Hills. If they slept with him, he'd make sure that they won. Well, neither one of them won. All three of them got pregnant. And now years later, they're putting their daughters out. Saying you're no good, it's time you go meet your daddy. Mm. So, you have a black daughter, a Latino daughter, and a an Asian daughter, and they all show up at his doorstep uh, at the same time. How about that? Yeah, so, <laughs> I love it's that a comedy. Yeah, I love.
0: I, I, I could imagine the the antics, the shenanigans that go on with that man. And yeah, yeah, I, I can't, I can't wait to to, to see that movie. So. Man, I I imagine that, you know, through all those years of of working alongside and and, um, firsthand accounts, I don't don't know if if there's anyone else that could could tell a movie, create a documentary or tell a story about Rudy Ray Moore or about the Dolomite series other than you. You know, you you were right there firsthand. So, you know, this this is going to be something different. It's going to be something different. So, you know, when do, when when can we expect to to see this movie?
1: Well, I would say, um, well, you'll see it before everybody else will. You'll see it before the uh, end of the year. We'll be having screenings and different things, but uh, probably the general public would won't see it until next year because we're finishing it now. And I haven't sold it. I haven't made any deals with any distributors yet. But um, And the option for four-walling it uh, myself is always still out there, just like Rudy showed me, which is a lot of what people will learn from the next uh, project, The Dolomite and Dad, is, is what I learned from Rudy. See? And I'm not sitting in the mindset of uh, I have to have a distributor i will I will forward this movie myself if need be. I know how to do it, and of the course. dolomite brand and the dolomite name is strong enough to do that so so um we'll see no absolutely um, it is some, I, i'm
0: yeah. I'm glad to be on the inside on this one man i I feel special about that and and you know you're right that that the the brand is strong enough. Um, on his own. And, uh, there's definitely an appreciation because, you know, so many people have, you know, as you said, when he was doing what he was doing, it was ahead of his time. It was, it was looked down upon, you know, um, and I won't say that people weren't ready for it because he, he experienced levels of success. Maybe the right. general public, the broadcasting audience, the sponsors types, maybe they weren't ready for that, but it's, it's a, a, a different world. And and ultimately we're, what we're talking about is free speech. Um, so whether folks were ready for it or not, you know, the, the that that's neither here nor there. Um, but he was definitely, you know, a pioneer in that regard. And, and I think definitely underrated, um, for not only uh, his content, but his just his contributions, um, and so there's a, a a lot of stories that, that I, I can't wait to to um, have told and exposed about that. So many comedians, you know, today, as you said, you know, every other word out of their mouth is is uh, 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 some type of word, but right. it's it's more than just the fact that it's it's a word. It's self expression. It's, it's a reality. And for people that, you know, say, you know, people say they keep it real, keep it real. You know, those are real things that he talked about. Those are real situations. And for him to be able to not only have the courage, but to step out to and to be able to, to do that, regardless of how it was received, man, there's so many people that have imitated him and continue to imitate him whether it's in film, yep. movies, comedy, uh hip hop, yep. the rap game, so many imitators and so I've always known and said and it's not my saying but imitation is the best form of flattery and so obviously a lot of people are flattered by what he, you know, contributed to to this genre of filmmaking, um right. this genre of comedy, uh music, etc. Et so so I'm excited, man.
1: Yeah, it's 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 going to be um, really 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 exciting to, to for people to get a lot of the truth um, about uh, Rudy Ray Moore yeah you know? and I'm one of the few people who can can shed the light on uh, a lot of his life and tell the truth about. A lot of the things that went on in his life and the people around him, you know. So that's what it, that's what I'm, I'm happy about is, is that.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, and, uh, that that's why, you know, I wanted to have you on the show to, to get this information out. You know, people need to hear about it. I wanted definitely to have you on to be able to talk about the mental health aspects that, that you shared. You know, again, Memorial Day weekend, remembering our, our veterans, we we thank thank them all for their service definitely thank you for your service I, I personally thank you for assisting me you know i i had the opportunity to have you help me out on on in, in my own ventures of you know being a filmmaker you know of course i have the the tv channel and you know i'm so i'm venturing into that realm of filmmaking and and to be able to you know work alongside of you to just get pieces of information here and there is fabulous for me so i thank you for that
1: well thank you for having me this is great and again if if we can help one person uh if we can give hope to one person and help inspire somebody to just keep on going you know keep doing better then you know that's that's we're doing God's work. So Absolutely. Thank man. you for having me again.
0: Absolutely. I'll i end with I'll end with this, one of your quotes and, and uh one of your quotes I, I picked up from an article I was reading about you. Before you die, please try to help somebody besides yourself. I, I love that. And, and I see That's you true. I see you living I see you living that. You know, and again, not to to over reiterate the point, but You know, you didn't have to help me in in my pursuit of what I'm doing with my television channel. And so you did that with with grace, effortlessly and, and a willingness that's that's rare. So I appreciate it. Everyone that's listening, you know, based upon the story that you heard today, it's evident. You know, don't give up. Don't don't give in. Hang in there. Hang in there. Find some folks that you can talk to. Find some support. We all Perfect. know that that things could be better. We all know it could be better, but things could be a, a lot worse. So we'll take it how it is. Happy Memorial yeah. Day. You know, thank you all for your service. And uh, this has been Let's Chew the Gum with my guest, Foster Corder. Uh, feel free again, folks, to email us at Let's Chew the Gum at gmail.com if you'd like to be on the show or have questions for our guests we're here for it we thank you so much and remember we always have
1: i no.